Hey, welcome to the Street Shot Photography Podcast from Switch to Manual. I'm Antonio, and welcome to episode 87 for the middle of December. I'm running a little late by a couple days, but you know, hey, <laughs> sometimes better late than never. Yeah, you know, it's the middle of December and, you know, getting ready for the holidays and having a lot of family stuff. So just keeping busy in that direction kept me from actually putting out the show on time. The other thing is I was having a hard time coming up with a subject, <laughs> really. Uh, yeah, it's been a busy December, and right now I'm actually on hiatus from my day job until January, so I can devote a little more time to uh, photography stuff, and, uh, you know, uh, I got one more show coming before the end of the year. Uh, not sure what I'm doing for that yet, but uh, I'll try to make sure that's on time and ends up in December, not in January, but anyway... Uh, this episode, I, I did something like I did in Greenwood Cemetery uh, this past weekend. I was in Red Hook, Brooklyn. And uh, again, I'm, it was a little bit uh, short uh, figuring out what to do for this episode. And so in my, you know, infinite genius last minute thing, I uh, took out my iPhone and I didn't even have a microphone on it, you know, an external microphone. I just recorded myself on my iPhone walking around Red Hook, Brooklyn, which is the, uh, waterfront area of Brooklyn with my camera and photographing and, you know, just talking about stuff. And uh, I thought, well, you know, uh, I, I got some positive feedback from the last time I did this in Greenwood. So I thought I'd give it another try. And you know what? It always helps when I don't have a subject for the show. Although I might, I don't know if I'm a little repetitive on this one. I can't, uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I am talking about my camera a little bit and, uh, it might be a little Fuji-centric at one point, but uh, I have uh, uh, an encounter with a photographer. I didn't, I didn't, um, with another photographer, actually, I bumped into, and uh, I didn't record him because I didn't really want to go through all the, like, hey, can I record and stuff like that. So I just sort of sum summarized the little discussion we have. But, you know, you're walking around a neighborhood like Red Hook, and you're bound to bump into another photographer. And uh, so it was kind of fun. It was a nice little chat. So I talk about that, but uh, I mainly go over some of my just, you know, as I'm wandering and uh, what I'm thinking about while I'm shooting and, uh, you know, a few things I'm describing while I'm while I'm seeing them to you guys. So it's it's one of those kind of shows, you know, uh, nothing breakthrough, nothing fantastic. Well, I would say nothing fantastic. I, th I think I like sharing my thoughts and I hope you guys do, too. So uh, without further ado here is me this past uh, Saturday walking through uh, Red Hook, Brooklyn with my gear. Hey, it's Antonio. I'm out today in my favorite spot to take pictures. I'm in Red Hook, Brooklyn, walking around. My wife's shopping, and so I got a chance to... Uh, walk around and you know maybe talk to you guys a little bit about what's on my mind while I'm taking pictures uh, it's a really kind of overcast day today uh, it looks like it's supposed to rain later but it's not raining now and the temperature is actually quite mild so kind of makes it easy to go photographing got some waves coming up on shore here sounding like <laughs> I'm on the sea while I am I'm actually standing out uh, you can see the Statue of Liberty and I can see the city from here. It's really a nice uh, view from here. So I come and photograph here a lot and it becomes one of the places where I like to just sort of 
I don't know, sometimes I like to test new equipment and I like to uh, try to, you know, try out new lenses and also just to, you know, wander around and feel kind of sort of at peace with my photographs. And it's one of these places in New York that just really kind of timeless, although it's starting to change. Uh, there's a lot of buildings here from actually that were built just around Civil War times, a lot of warehouses. There was coffee warehouses and whatnot around here. And now they've turned into condominiums, just like any place, <laughs> very expensive ones, some shopping places and and uh, some restaurants, some nice places. So, uh, but it's still got a little bit of an edge to it. Not entirely, uh, it's not as edgy as it used to be, but I've done some photo walks here and uh, switched to manual. We used to have our classes down in Red Hook. Uh, a lot, and uh, we we actually did it at a bar when we were um, uh, when we had our classes here. We we actually rented some space in a in a bar, and we would have the class there on Saturday morning. We'd open up the bar. We weren't drinking that early. That was just a place where we could show our uh, do our presentation for our students. And so, so Red Hook has become sort of the place where I love to come to. Reminds me of the earlier Switch to Manual days. So you'll have to excuse the audio quality a little bit. This is sort of a last minute idea I had, and I didn't bring a microphone with me, so I'm literally just talking into my iPhone. But I brought my camera with me, and this is the kind of the best weather for me. I love overcast. Just after it rained, the ground is wet. There's moisture in the air. It just feels nice. It's not too cold, like I said. And uh, I like to try to, like, I, I've come to this area so many times. It's like, well, what, what new things can I photograph? But I always find opportunities because the light is different. You know, I'm in a different mood. I might have a different lens with me that I bring with me. Uh, I did bring a Fuji X-T2, and I did bring four lenses with me. <laughs> and the reason why I did it is because I might actually, I was thinking, like, I wanted to have a long lens with me in case I want to do some filming uh, sometimes it's really nice to film around here. And then uh, two of my seven artisan lenses, one is the 50 and the other is a 25 millimeter. And the 25 is being the one I always have on, but I haven't shot with the 50 a lot, so I thought I would give that some time. And then I brought my 18 to 55, again, as another possibility for using for filming. But um, I, I don't know if I'm going to film. I'm going to show the, the light is exactly kind of good for that. So... Uh, but right now I'm at, I'm about to go into the uh, Waterfront Museum, which is this barge that sits in Red Hook, uh, owned by a guy who, uh, he's got this barge and he's made a deal with the city and he has to open it up a couple times a week, turn it into a museum, and then he gets to dock here and live here. It's a really cool place. I'm going to walk up to it and it might be kind of dark inside. I kind of like to take some pictures in here, so I'm going to go see what we got. And I'm not sure I'll be recording in there because I'm not sure I want people to hear me talk <laughs> while I'm shooting. Let me just check it out. Well, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have his skylights open, so the light in here looks kind of weird. But I'm going to take some, uh, I'm going to go in and take some shots. He's got some old shoes and some equipment sitting outside here, so uh, I'll be back to you when I'm done.
those are the sounds of a sort of a perpetual motion machine at the uh, Waterfront Museum. It's a little conveyor belt with some wooden balls going up and a little track and it's very much of a like a mousetrap kind of thing. The ball goes around loop-de-loop, hits a couple of hammers, a couple of golf balls, and then a bell. So I come here to photograph a lot. There's a lot of great old stuff here. And I was using the 50 millimeter, 50 millimeter lens, but uh, <laughs> I found that it was a little too, uh, a little too hard to uh, get in close. So I switched to my good old standard 25 millimeter. And I'm just taking some shots. Old bells, too. All right, not much else to see. I would get a little batty if I were to hear those uh, <laughs> thing going off all day. But it's a nice little place. It's set up as a little maritime museum. And there's some cool little stuff in there. Nice to take little pictures of. It's a little tricky holding the phone at the same time that I'm trying to, uh, trying to take pictures. I'm using a uh, Kodachrome simulation that I found on uh, a blog. It's a Kodachrome 2 sim simulation for the Fuji cameras. And uh, it's, a, it's an older Kodachrome style, and I like it. It's a little desaturated, uh, and the colors is a little uh, contrasty, which is what, what Kodachrome was a contrasty film. And it actually does look good. I mean, I was photographing indoors in a in a television studio with the basic I think it was just fluorescent lights on and I don't know it had a really it picked up those lights really nicely and uh, it really rendered the um, uh, there were some people in there and it rendered their skin really well so but in this maritime museum it actually looks really good it helps with the reds and the and the warm colors of the wood and the uh, all the kind of old antique stuff that was a I just took a shot of a part of a propeller um, with the wood in the background it actually looked quite nice as a as a as a shot I think I will do a little processing on it to maybe warm it up a tad but uh, the, this Kodachrome uh, recipe for this Fuji camera is really nice and it's the one thing I like about the Fuji cameras is that the uh, film recipes as it were someone else is not my my phrase someone else uh, they came up with it from their blog. Um, but I like the idea of that as a recipe. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you end up with a, a film simulation. And, and again, simulations are, are just that. They're simulations. They can't quite ever get to what the film originally looked like. But they can be reminiscent of the film and certainly pick up some of the characteristics that made those old films very desirable uh, to shoot. And 
it's funny, I say desirable, that's all we had to shoot back then was films. We had plenty of film stocks to choose from, so we could choose whatever film stock you wanted to choose was part of the way that your image would have its characteristics. And, you know, we can do that now with Photoshop and uh, picture profiles in a camera and, you know, film simulations and we can pick up our own styles and the stuff that actually speaks to us. And uh, I, you know, I don't miss film that much. I do, now that it's not here though, of course, <laughs> you know, there is some longing for some, some aspects of that. And when presented with film simulations or picture profiles that are reminiscent of the films of old, uh, you know, I get the benefit of both, you know? You get that, that look that you liked uh, with film for those of us who were, who were actually using film in the days, but not the hassle of it. And to me, that was one of the reasons why I ended up getting rid of film was that, or not actually not really caring that it, that it died away because it was often more of a hassle than it was of a benefit. And of course, it was the only thing I had to work with. You know, if I was shooting a job or shooting stock, I had to do and shoot film when uh, that's all I had. And then I would sort of take my chances at a, at a lab, or, or sometimes I sent the film out through the mail, and it was especially if it was shooting uh, Kodachrome, I would send out that uh, film back to Kodak in New Jersey. They would process it. And the main reason I did that is you know, quality control, number one, and uh, the price was actually a lot less expensive than going to local labs in, in the city. And so, yeah, I mean, I would shoot Kodachrome, uh, and then, you know, when Fuji started coming out with their film stocks, I, I eventually moved to those because I, I started to really dig the more saturated, warm colors that the Fuji film gave. But I still shot Kodachrome on occasion. And yet, you know, uh, all that stuff about developing film for me was, was sometimes, it was sometimes a crapshoot. I mean, I, I picked laboratories that were reliable and uh, made relationships with them so they would treat my film you know, as well as they could. But, you know, occasionally a piece of dust would get into the, the uh, device that would mount the slides uh, to um, uh, cardboard mounts and it would drag a little scratch across the, uh, the uh, not the emulsion side, the base side of the uh, film. So you'd get a scratch across it. And because I would submit my images to stock, you know, any kind of physical flaw to the film would, would could be a cause for rejection. Uh, because that made it a little bit harder to reproduce the slide uh, if the physical slide was damaged in some way. And actually, if it was an emulsion scratch, forget it. That, that image is gone because it would actually scrape off the emulsion. The base side of the, of the film could actually take a little abuse, but uh, sometimes clients did not want to have to deal with that. And often, you know, if an image came back damaged from a client, we might actually have to charge them for that damage. So, uh, you know, you really wanted the slides to not be damaged <laughs> right after processing. And so that was one of those things that would just sort of give me a bit of anxiety. Uh, not all the time, but sometimes I would just, you know, my, was my film lost in the mail? Was the, you know, are there pinholes, little little dots on the emulsion that would, would cause, anyway, all that stuff. And then storing it. I mean, I still have thousands of slides in my apartment that uh, I'm not sure what to do with. And that physical storage just took up so much space. And so, yeah, you know, uh, that I don't miss. I don't miss any of that headache. 
but I do kind of like once presented with digital imagery that mimics the quality of film in terms of how it looks now that becomes very desirable you know and then I can say I could have my Kodachrome and eat it too <laughs> that, was, that was bad I'm sorry uh, yeah I can I can I can have the best of both worlds and that is something I uh, I really appreciate and uh and I like the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Fujifilm has come out with these their film simulations based on their own film stocks. And uh, other co camera companies have done, you know, similar things uh, with their cameras. And I think that's great because it allows us to just have a better way of voicing our uh, visual, uh, you know, our character visually. So, and then it allows you to change it whenever you want. So that's great. But uh, yeah, so I just came out, like I said, I came out of the, the uh, Maritime Museum. I'm in Red Hook. I'm about to go to Sonny's Bar on the outside. You've probably seen pictures of this before, this old green jalopy pickup truck. Uh, I, I can't not photograph this when I come to uh, Red Hook. It's just so iconic. Uh, I don't know how they keep this thing running barely and they must be paying people off to get <laughs> to get the inspection certificate on this thing i mean it's just kind of a mess but it's been sitting in front of sunny's bar for as long as i've known and uh i don't think it's going anywhere and maybe they've gotten special permission to let it sit there <laughs> Not, you know but uh, it's it this kind of weather is kind of the perfect weather to photograph this pickup this old pickup the soft light uh, it just makes it look like, you know, we're going back in time. Uh, except for the uh, guy coming out of the uh, bar with his iPhone. It doesn't look like we're back in time anymore. <laughs> but I'm going to uh, take some shots of this and let's see, see where we go with it. Probably do some details of it. I mean, I've done, I've done this truck numerous times, so there's not many ways I can photograph it new. But again, it's sort of like a pilgrimage. You come, come to Red Hook, you got to take pictures of uh, the pickup in Sonny's bar. All right, that was fun. I, I didn't record it, but I just bumped into a guy uh, coming out of Sonny's bar uh, with a Hasselblad and a, <laughs> a big tripod. First thing he says to me is that, points to my camera, he goes, that's not a real camera, this is a real camera. Well, that's a great way to start a conversation with me. So, but anyway, it was lighthearted. And we started talking about a bunch of stuff. Uh, and uh, he knew the guy who owned the bar. And he's photographing uh, Tri-X film with his Hasselblad. And he had his big Bogan tripod. So he's carrying it on his shoulder. It was a pretty, pretty heavy rig. And uh, we just got into talking about Lightroom and Aperture. And shooting JPEG and shooting RAW. And... Uh, you know me, uh, I don't, maybe you don't know me, but I like to get into a good argument <laughs> now and then. And so I like to take the contrarian point of view, pointing out that I like the, you know, the, the Fuji camera I have is pretty real and shooting JPEGs instead of RAW, or at least, you know, using my JPEGs instead of my RAW is the way I want to go. And uh, it was funny because he didn't, uh, he didn't like Lightroom. And I like agree with him. Lightroom is, you know, it's the program we have. It's not the program I want, you know? So anyway, that was a fun little uh, encounter. You know, you, you, you find people who are walking around 
uh, taking pictures and, and you guys, you know, you share something with, uh, with them. We're all, you know, out here uh, trying to uh, express ourselves with our cameras. So it's a lot of fun. But anyway, I'm still at uh, Sunny's looking at the truck and uh, there's a couple of shots I want to get and I got to put the phone down <laughs> to get them. So. so I'm just thinking about that encounter I just had with this photographer in Red Hook and realizing that, you know, we each have our own desires and wants in photography. And sometimes it can get very, um, I don't know, personal about it is, is the first thing that comes off my mind, but very kind of entrenched in some way about the things that we use to photograph and our tools and the subjects and, and, and we can become sort of absolute. And I realize I can do that very easily, especially when someone else is doing it as well. And, you know, it's not the kind of way that I think approaching photography and this art and this even as a business is a good thing you know there is so many different options with taking pictures and how you take them and with what equipment you use and what lenses and it almost doesn't make any sense to uh like try to convince people about what they use and what they should use and what they should buy what they shouldn't do it, it makes absolutely no sense because in the end what we're trying to do is be creative and what we're trying to do is show our vision to the world and me trying to tell somebody that they should shoot with a fuji camera is is really kind of it defeats the purpose so i'm realizing that you know when i'm challenged with the uh someone who is thinking differently than me and then I decide that I, I, I need to convince them of some other way to because because it's so good for me and therefore they should use this camera and they should use this lens and whatnot that I've I, I've not crossed a line but found it's um, how should I say this I think it is counterproductive and I want to try to pay attention to that because, you know, it's this idea that we're going to convince somebody that our way is the best way to do something. And we don't know that it's the best way for us, maybe. And, you know, maybe it isn't. Maybe you can, maybe I can be open to other ways of thinking, you know. So uh, anyway, it just gave me some food for thought because I know that I sort of fall into that way when presented with uh, sort of a challenge to what I'm doing you know I guess it can be kind of a defensive you know mechanism but you know if we're shooting Fuji if we're shooting Hasselblad if we're shooting Tri-X film if we're shooting iPhones it, it in the end it has it matters not what matters is creating a photograph that you're proud of uh, and that you want to share with people or not want to share and that it actually fits what you want to tell the world so anyway i was just thinking about that and uh thought i would share that
Okay, I'm back to holding the phone in one hand, camera in another. One of the things that Red Hook has a lot of is cobblestones on the street. Maybe they're not called cobblestones, but the streets are kind of heavily, they're not paved and they're stones. So the road is really, it's actually kind of a rough road to drive on, especially if you've got an older car. But they are, some of these are in these great patterns. And, you know, photographing stones, not very interesting. But, all these cars coming by here, hang on. It suddenly became a little highway here. You know, I see these old stones and I realize that, you know, at some point they're going to be gone. Someone's going to pull them up because they are going to pave the roads. And you can see, like, there's some spots here where they're covered already with the asphalt and the asphalt peeled up. And, you know, someday all this is going to be gone. And, uh, you know, taking a couple of shots of it, preserving it, it's about the best I can do. I just don't like driving on it, <laughs> you know? But I hope when they pull these up, if they ever do, that these stones get used for something. Another thing I like to photograph is uh, fire hydrants. People paint them, do all sorts of things with them, and they begin to have their own character. But also, in New York, they look like a throwback to some old-time something. And so, you know, we talked about projects once, and I thought about doing a project on fire hydrants. And maybe I still will do that. I don't know. There's some, there's some characters, characteristics to these things that I like. That might actually make a good project. Call them Johnny Pumps. In Red Hook, there's several, uh, or at least a couple of distilleries. Uh, and uh, one is, uh, makes a, a whiskey or bourbon called Widow Jane very expensive uh, very and they also have a they make chocolates in their uh, in their distillery as well it's a great place to come and have a taste although it's really expensive and there's another place called the Van Brunt Stillhouse another whiskey bar and distillery uh, which I have not been to yet uh, but the distilleries are really nice places to go and photograph and you get to see all the equipment sometimes they go on a tour and uh, there's a lot of signs up for them in this neighborhood. This neighborhood used to have a lot of breweries and distilleries because you know, we're right here on the waterfront. But uh, yeah, there's also a winery a few blocks away called Red Hook Winery. I photographed there before, it was really nice. Again, this is the kind of weather, uh, overcast light, that's really great for all this old stuff, so. One thing this neighborhood does not lack is things with texture. Uh, old walls, 
with uh, paint peeling. Always kind of fun to explore that with the camera. Especially with an old prime lens, it sort of enhances things looking old. Again, trying to, you know, it kind of records that that past a little bit in a in a way that reminiscent of the old days. So I'm looking at a brick wall now that's sort of fallen apart. But it's got a lot of interesting bits to it. But that's the thing, you know, exploring a subject. Maybe it works out as a picture, maybe it doesn't. I kind of like it, actually. Showing all the old damage. A lot of this is going to not exist at some point. You know, this neighborhood is changing. They want to get a, you know, they need to get services in here and better, better buildings. So all this old stuff is really not going to have a place. So I kind of encourage, you know, you find some place that is uh, sort of on its way to being you know, modernized, record as much as you can. And I'm looking at an old wooden wall with a door. Actually, it's in a building that looks abandoned. I don't think anybody lives here, even though it says private property. I mean, this thing looks like it's probably condemned, you know? And it won't see wood walls like this anymore textures and stuff. Everything's going to be replaced with glass and steel, which frankly doesn't have any personality. It can have personality. I don't mean that, but you know, and I'm not necessarily saying that we shouldn't modernize. It's just we'll probably never see this kind of stuff ever again. It'll be more the exception than the rule. This building is covered with uh, the vines of uh, like ivy or something like that. I could see that it was eating into the brick wall. Uh, I can't really get a good shot from here other than a sort of an angled shot. One of the things you're gonna come across when you're in a neighborhood that's near the water is a boat. And here I got a boat sitting in a fenced in area. I don't think I can get my lens through it, so I'm just going to use the fence as part of the shot because that's what I want to do. I don't really have a choice. This is old wooden boat. Looks like it's in great condition. It's got its registration stamp on it, so it looks like, and it's on a new, you know, a new trailer. So someone uses it. But it's fenced in, so I got to shoot through a fence. Maybe I can get if I can get really close. Yeah, I can get close to the fence. This lens is small enough. So let's see. It's tricky. Hold the phone, record and talk, and then focus with one finger. If I can find the focus dial, there we go. Oh man, 
need a grip. Get a grip. There we go. Fence is actually giving me some built-in vignetting. So, kind of like it, actually. Works with the shot. I would probably vignette this anyway. Oh, that's cool. Come across a really old padlock on this fence with the boat. nice about this lens is that I can get a really shallow depth of field on this sensor on this APS-C sensor on my Fuji and I would say it's just as good in some way as using a full frame sensor I'm trying to get a shallow depth of field I spent a little too much time on that lock. I like it though. Headlocks are kind of cool. Anyway, I'm wrapping up my photo walk in Red Hook. And I wanted to sort of say, you know, this is my chance to sort of spend, you know, an hour or two even photographing something that I've photographed many times before. But like I've talked about on the show you know photography is therapy photography is uh, a way to relax you know even having worked five days a week and I'm actually at the beginning of a break which is great uh, but a, a chance to like come out to some place that I've I've been many times before and you know hope to see something new but it just gives me a chance to sort of relax you know using my camera to uh, ease into a relaxation. It's, uh, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of pleasure to, uh, to even photograph the same place over and over and over again, hoping to see something new. So I hope you enjoyed this. You know, it's kind of a ramble, but uh, probably something that maybe you guys, uh, some of you can resonate with, you know, just a thought process. Uh, going behind, walking around, taking pictures. So, until next time, uh, thanks for hanging in with me. Bye. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my uh, mind wanderings while I'm taking pictures in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, I, I, I like doing this, and uh, I hope you guys like it too, getting inside my head a little bit while I'm taking pictures and just sort of you know, maybe having a, in a sense, like a virtual photo walk with me while I'm, you know, taking pictures and experiencing parts of uh, my neighborhood and my area and just what goes on in my head while I'm taking pictures, you know. So I, I think I got a lot more stuff that goes on in my head when I take pictures. It's just hard to form all that into words. So anyway, why don't you let me know with any kind of feedback whether or not you like uh, this and I'll, I'll continue doing it at some point. Uh, I'll move out of uh, Greenwood and Red Hook, and may, I, I still want to do this in a uh, street photo way. And actually, because I said I had this hiatus from my day job for the next few weeks, um, I actually 
uh, one of the things I want to do is take my camera and go into the city. I have not gone into New York City in a long time, and I've been sort of jonesing just to, like, go with my camera and spend all day, like, walking down Fifth Avenue or someplace where there's a lot of people and just going crazy with the street photography. So that actually, maybe I'll clip on a mic for that. I mean, it might be a little loud. And anyway, I hope you, uh, you know, we're okay with the audio quality. Again, it was a last minute thing that I thought about doing. And, uh, you know, next time I'll make sure I try to carry my uh, my little lav mic with me, even if I'm using my iPhone, at least a little bit better quality. But actually it didn't sound, it didn't sound as bad as I was expecting. So, uh, you know, props to the iPhone and their microphones. But, uh, yeah, so just let me know if you like that kind of stuff. And uh, I'll get one more show in before the end of the year. And uh, I promise I'll try to work on a better subject. Well, not better, but just some more thought in it. But uh, maybe not. I don't know. It's my show. I can, I can do what I want. Anyway, uh, also during the break, I'm going to, during my, my work break, I'm going to try to spend some time uh, re-putting together my Switch to Manual website. So keep an eye out for that. But if you want to reach me, you can reach out on Twitter. Uh, so I might switch the number two manual. So switch to manual. Uh, but if you also want to find me on my personal Twitter site, it's at AM Rosario, which is also my Instagram handle. And uh, switch to manual's Instagram handle is also at switch the number two manual. So you can look there. Uh, I'm also on Flickr and you know where to find me. And Facebook is actually one of the places I like posting a lot as well. So check uh, check me out for Facebook. Also, you know, uh, coming up at the end of the year, uh, you know, if you guys uh, like what I'm doing in my show, if you could just go to iTunes and, you know, give me a big thumbs up and a rating and something like that, I'd really appreciate that. I'd love to be able to get this show out to more people. I'm trying to raise the audience. I need to do some marketing. <laughs> and so I'm hoping you guys can help me market for me. But uh, you, yeah, that's the best kind of thing you can do is uh, like tell your friends and, uh, you know, and send feedback. You know, I like to improve the show as it gets better. So like I said, uh, one more show before the end of the year. And uh, then we are on to 2018 and we'll see. Uh, sorry, 2019. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm already losing my mind going back in time. No, 2019 and, uh, you know, two shows a month, uh, maybe more. And uh, we'll see where that goes. But any, you know, thoughts and ideas for future shows, just drop me a line and uh, I'd love to hear them and love to hear feedback from you guys and engage in some, you know, uh, Twitter, Facebook discussions about photography. So anyway, uh, yeah, the next one. So if, you know, those of you who are celebrating the Christmas holidays, have a great one. Uh, I'll be talking to you after the holidays, but before the new year. Uh, like I said, I promise that. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, until then, you know, uh, you can uh, keep an eye out on the Podbean page where the uh, where I host the uh, podcast. And uh, I really want to try to get uh, the Swisher Manual site back up and running before the uh, beginning of the new year. So I got the time to do it. So anyway, thanks a lot. And I will see you later.